Today marks the beginning of a new year in our liturgical calendar, which means that when I started working on my sermon, I created a new digital file. That reminded me that the last time I preached this text, the last time we turned to Matthew's gospel in the season of Advent, was at the end of 2019. Y'all, we had no idea what was coming. We had no idea where we were headed and that our world was about to change so dramatically. We had no idea how many loved ones we would lose or the creative and beautiful ways we would learn to live as a Christian community. Or that we'd still be recalibrating after nearly three years. I share all that with you to name that the things that we don't expect the times between what we knew and what we're hoping for, that is the place where the church is meant to live. Theologian Fleming Rutledge writes, the church that keeps Advent is most truly herself. Meaning, Advent is where we live, work, play, laugh, struggle, and die. Advent is the time between. It is not the time of fulfillment. It is the time of waiting. It is not the time of seeing face to face. It is the time of seeing through a glass darkly. It is not the time of triumphant victory. It is the time of bearing the cross, she writes. Each of our liturgical seasons have something to teach us and speak powerfully to the human condition. But of all of them, Advent is the essence of the time and space that the church is meant to occupy. We are meant to orient ourselves in a specific direction, both because of something that has already happened and that which has yet to happen. It is, as Rutledge reminds us, the time between. So as we begin this season, what might that mean for us on a very practical level? How are we intended to observe this season, which is meant to be indicative of our life in Christ? This morning's gospel lesson from Matthew seems to be of little help. It has done more harm than good over the centuries. In the United States in particular, it is the basis of popular television series and novels that have truly run wild with the premise of the great reaping. We have successfully fueled the fears of generations of people about being left behind. This morning, I'd like to wonder with you if there isn't a simple and helpful reminder to be found in this parable. I wonder if Jesus is reminding people that encounters with God will happen in the most unlikely places with the most unlikely people. Jesus, after all, is the primary example of an unlikely person who is a God-bearer. God's initiative to take on flesh couldn't have been more surprising and unexpected. And then there was the person of Jesus himself, not the king anyone who had expected or been waiting for. He was born of meager circumstances in fragile human form to parents who were not of royal lineage. He was unrecognizable as divine for years, and it took tremendous convincing at the height of his ministry even for those who knew him best. Yet, Jesus is the way we have come to truly understand God's mercy, love, and grace. Jesus is how we know how to proclaim hope for the hopeless, 
love for the lonely, and forgiveness for sinners. This morning, I wonder whether we might be inspired to reinvestigate all the possible places and people who might be at work as God-bearers. There's a movie that I recommend, only if you are comfortable holding your breath for very long periods of time. 13 Lives came out this summer and details the rescue of the Thai soccer team who was trapped in a cave by flash floods during a monsoon. Though their trials had made international news, and I knew how the story ended, the suspense of the rescue was terrifying. I didn't realize how stressed out I had been until it was all over and I finally exhaled. But I bring it up this morning because of the unexpected nature of the rescue. When the boys were discovered missing, the Royal Thai Navy SEALs arrived to search for them. They very quickly determined the cave too difficult to navigate safely and declared that they would simply wait for the rains to stop. But monsoon season is relentless. There's no telling how long the boys could survive in the cave without provisions. A local British caver shared his extensive knowledge of the cave system and suggested the Thai authorities dispatch the British Cave Rescue Council, specialists in difficult technical rescues in some of the world's most complex caves. Divers Rick Stanton and John Volson and the boys and their coach found the boys and their coach four kilometers into the cave. This initial discovery dive cost the life of one of the members of the Thai Royal Navy SEALs who accompanied them. So the proposition of extricating 13 untrained humans from the depths of the cave was precarious at best. I won't ruin the suspense of the rescue in case you'd like to enjoy the movie yourself, but those members of the British Cave Rescue Council They were deployed only because a local British caver knew the caves and knew of their expertise. They had spent decades doing challenging technical dives and studying some of the world's most precarious cave systems in the event that a rescue was needed. They were certainly prepared, but they didn't know for exactly what, or for whom, or for when. It was an unlikely and merciful meeting of need and talent. Now, obviously, this is an extreme example of what it may look like to be prepared for the unexpected. And it is a reminder that there are habits we can practice that help us to become God-bearers. We can move through our days making it a habit to practice mercy so that we might be more attuned to God's mercy in the world. We can move through our days believing that others are truly doing the best they can, slowly stripping ourselves of cynicism and hopelessness, eventually able to see the image of God in all whom we encounter. Because we know of God through the person of Jesus Christ. We know enough to be on the lookout for the unexpected. We know enough to practice mimicking Christ-like habits and magnifying the Christ we find in others. In the season of life that is the in-between times, there is a place where we can always reliably encounter God. The Eucharist, the remembrance of the sacrifice, love, and shared by Christ on the cross nourishes us. 
The regular encounter with sacrifice, grace, and love shared by Christ will continue to sustain us. So this year, in particular, take heart. Yes, I understand the need to feel finished with this season of in-between time. Trust me, I understand. And the church exists exactly for this time and for this season so that we might become better attuned to the God-bearers in our midst. Amen.